Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you are eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. So now that we've laid down some foundational truths, we want to look at how to engage in meaningful conversations about this issue of abortion. Uh, it's one thing, yes, to know what we believe and why we believe it, and that's super, super important uh, so that we can understand for ourselves the truth about this issue. But then on the other side, we had mentioned earlier uh, that we need to be more than just pro-life. We need to be proactive in our uh, conversation, in our actions on this issue. We can't remain neutral on a moral issue because that's neglect. And so if we're going to do that, we're going to have to engage people in conversation. This could be just small talk around the office. It could be in a uh, very deep sense in a question that's being asked, or you're sharing your view on this with someone who uh, has the opposite view. Uh, It could be with family. It could be with friends. It could be in the classroom uh, where some questions and some issues are brought forth, and uh, people are wondering why you stand where you stand. And so Abortion is an emotional issue to talk about. We see that with the heatedness of the uh, protests, the debates, uh, the conversation that goes on both sides. Uh, Just because you protest doesn't mean you are uh, not engaging in a right or correct way. It just all depends on your behavior and your uh, actions when doing that. So emotions can run high, which in turn can cause it to turn into a debate or debate it's not necessarily uh, an issue, but when it turns into an argument, <clears throat> when uh, loudness of voice picks up, uh, parties do not listen to each other, um, just uh, accusatory things are coming out, that's not engaging in meaningful conversation. Engaging in meaningful conversation is not going to be some heated debate where we're screaming and yelling at someone. It's where we're going to be listening to the opposing side, and we're going to be asking questions, we're going to be stating things, all in a very respectful way. That's our goal. So our goal is to engage in meaningful conversation about abortion that will help people to think and to understand the truth about abortion. Uh, Many people may are taking their side or their belief about the abortion issue just from the media. And if that's the case, they may not have thought through uh, all the logical inconsistencies with that view. And so we want to help them to think. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 gives us kind of a basis here as we try to conversate with people on issues or issues about truth. It says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so Satan works overtime to blind people's, not eyes, notice the passage here, their, their minds to the truth. If our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, that is Satan and his demons, he's blinded the minds. We typically think of being blind as a seeing issue. Someone may be legally blind. They may not be able to see physically. You may see someone walking down the street with a, one of the poles as they try to feel their way around because they are blind. But here we're talking about blinding the minds. You're keeping the mind from understanding the truth. There's some sort of mental block that is placed there, uh, whether it be hurt, whether it be uh, rationale, whether it be uh, whatever it is. There's just something there that is blocked. It may be an unanswered question. 
question, uh, maybe uh, false ideas that have been portrayed or talked to someone, they're there. And so when it's there, it blinds the mind, lest the light of the glorious gospel, lest the truth about this issue should shine in unto them. And so our goal is to do this, is to identify what the mental blocker is or mental blockers, and then to remove the mental blocker. And so sometimes your conversation, you may not win them over to your viewpoint, your uh, view of the truth, but you may leave them thinking, victory. You may hear them say, I never thought about it like that. I never thought about that. That's a great point. That is victory. I'm going to read you a lengthy quote uh, here in a moment. Um, I'll go ahead and read it now about how people change their mind. William Rusher, he talks about the painful process of a change of mind in his book, How to Win Arguments More Often Than Not. It's a little lengthy, but just bear with me here just for a moment. It's two paragraphs. Uh, Nobody, when confronted with a really devastating argument against something in which he has hitherto deeply believed, slaps himself on the thigh and shouts, by gosh, I never thought of that. On the contrary, the blow will be resented. Very often it will be sustained in obstinate silence. The ego needs time to marshal its defenses, either to try to restore the toppled idol or to come to terms with the top, the top lean, or at the very least to regain its own shattered composure. So what's he saying? When you have, even you, you understand this, maybe even if a biblical uh, perception you have is wrong and you've held it, maybe you, you've held it since a child, you don't just quickly say, oh, I was wrong and move on. More than likely, it takes a little bit of time for you to process it, for you to change your mind. He goes on to say this, it is precisely then, however, in the silent weeks or months after the argument when perhaps no one else is present and the defeated arguer confronts only himself in the recollection of his defeat, that the argument may truly be said to be one. Because then, if ever, is when the loser of the argument will tacitly abandon his former position. He may never admit to having changed his mind at all, but at the very least he will have rearranged his mental furniture to ensure that he does not hereafter sit so often or so heavily on on that all-too-demonstrably fragile chair. And so what we're saying here is when we're talking to people about emotional topics, uh, it can be other than abortion, and people have deep-rooted beliefs in it. Sometimes it's not just one answer to a question or just a five-minute conversation and you sway them. Sometimes it works that way. God's uh, wisdom, God's power, but sometimes there's too many mental blocks and we must tear those down. And so as we think about this idea of engaging people in meaningful conversations, we're going to look at two points, one on this episode, and we'll dive uh, into our second one on our next episode in more detail. But first, we want to engage with truth in love and compassion. So I want to say this, our goal is to engage, not silence. Too many times, you and I as believers, because we possess the truth, we just want to silence the other person. Shut up. You're wrong. Listen to me. That's all that needs to be said. This is going to get us nowhere. This is going to get, imagine someone treating you like that. What you have to say is irrelevant. You're wrong. You're an idiot. Shut up. This is right. And listen to me. You think they're going to accept you? I'm saying you think you're going to accept what they have to say? Absolutely not. Even if they're right, your walls are going to go up. and You're going to say, get out of here. I'm not even going to listen to you because you've not respected me. So remember, our goal is to engage, not to silence, right? Um, Don't go toe-to-toe with people. Find common ground. 
and learn to dialogue shoulder to shoulder. Many times we see in Scripture that Paul, he reasoned, he disputed, uh, he persuaded people. Even that word dispute is not what you and I think of. We would think of maybe a domestic dispute where two people are screaming and arguing. That word dispute is where we get our word dialogue from. And so when Paul was disputing, the idea is there he was answering questions. He was uh, portraying and giving truth with the idea of taking someone with a wrong belief over to his correct or truthful belief through the persuasion of dialogue. And so he used those tactics often in Scripture. He disputed, he reasoned, he persuaded. What does that mean? He's using meaningful conversation, and Paul told us to do it in truth. I'm saying to do it in love and compassion. So our goal is to engage, not silence. Think about that when you're witnessing to someone. Think about that when you're answering questions. Think about that when uh, you're talking about hot topic issues in our culture today. If our goal is to silence, we're never going to engage them, and ultimately we're going to lose them. They're not going to listen. And so our goal is also to engage in love and compassion. You have to remember your audience. There are strong emotions that are tied to this issue and many other issues. There are many people who have been personally affected by abortion. If you remember one of our previous episodes, we found out that 70% of women who have had an abortion would identify as a Christian. And so sometimes you and I start throwing off stuff, maybe in our church or in our small group settings, or even with people at work, and we just assume, oh, they're a Christian. They believe the same way I do, and maybe they don't. Because there's many people that would identify as a Christian who are not pro-life. Or maybe you have someone who has been personally affected and has not ever shared that they have had an abortion because of the shame or guilt or however they feel they would be judged within the church. And so we have to be mindful of our audience and we need to speak, even though we can be uh, compassionate about this topic, we need to speak and engage in love and compassion. So how you say what you say can determine everything. Think about that. I mean, the truth is going to cut. The truth hurts regardless of how, I mean, regardless because of what it says, what it is. But how you say that truth will be determined on how it is received. So speak the truth in love is what Paul said in Ephesians 4.15. This will determine how the truth is received. Uh, How you act towards others can determine everything. So it's not only just how you say, but even how you act, your body language, your facial expressions. You know, sometimes people will say stuff to you and you look at them like, you're looking at me like I'm an idiot. Just what you say is fine, but your facial expressions, your body language, I mean, I mean, what's going on here? And so people will react to that. So we need to remember, as we're engaging people, we want to do so in love and in compassion. He said in Jude one twenty two, and some having compassion making a difference. So having compassion, what is compassion? It's simply love and action towards that person, regardless of their belief, could be the one thing that makes the difference. So our goal here is to engage people in meaningful conversations. You say, practically speaking, how are we going to do that? Yes, love and compassion. I get that. We're going to talk about engaging them with logical reasoning, engaging them with questions, and then dragging in the toddler. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Scott Klusendorf uh, brings that forth in his book, and it's a very powerful tool that you can use as you talk to people to try to get them to think through uh, the situation. So we'll look at that on our next episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.